Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I'm your host. On The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth, legacy business, how to build businesses and wealth that would outlive the founders and have sustained impact, not only over time, but also over space. And we have these conversations with pure curiosity, vulnerability, and authenticity. This week, I was joined by Simon Severino, who helps business owners discover how to, how to run their companies more efficiently and drive results in sales. He is a pioneer of the strategy sprints method, which essentially helps owners double revenue in 90 days. I found this really fascinating. Um, And he's come up with a customized strategy to help folks increase market share and work in weekly sprints that result in fast execution. Simon is well-renowned. He's a Forbes Business Council member, a contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine, and a member of Duke Corporate Education. So enjoy, and please share. Share this conversation with a friend, someone that you think this would be beneficial for. Thank you so much, and enjoy. Hi, Simon. Welcome to The Connected Generation. It's awesome to have you. Hey, Nike. Hey, everybody. Cool to be here. Awesome. Um, so you are the author of Strategy Sprints. You are the CEO and founder of Strategy Sprints. Also, before we unpack what that is, how did you get here? Tell us more about Simon. When I first started to work in my 20s, I had no clue. Just no clue. What is my superpower? What am I here to do? What is my place in the world? No, no idea. Mm. And so the principle became warm, cold, warm, cold. I try something, warm, do more, cold, do less. That was my working principle. It turned out it's not a bad principle. The the 20s were about volume, Mm. discovery doing many things and find the one that sticks. And so I did work that is front, work that is in the back of a team, work in large teams, work in small teams. Mm -hmm. And gradually, by elimination, I found what what is my place. Mm -hmm. So basically, two things were working. Failures and falling in love with something. Mm -hmm. So failures, okay, oh, this is not my place. No, this is not definitely not my thing. And falling in love with something, for example, when I, for the first time, I stood in front of a global team of leaders and they had one big problem and we had one week to solve it. And I loved that. I loved the international gathering having different Mm. countries in one room and cultures i loved the one big question the one big problem because that's a challenge for me and i'm competitive give me one big challenge i'm in i'm Mm. all on fire Mm. you give me 17 small challenges i'm bored to death (laughs) i I don't even really try the system doesn't even start Mm. and so I make errors. I'm the worst at 17 small problems. But you give me one big, 
very vital problem. And, and I'm, I'm all in. Let's do this. Mm. Nobody gets out before we have the solution here. And so in the city where I am born, in Rome, you would do that when you, when you vote the next pope. You, you go into a retreat and nobody exits before we didn't find the next pope. And when we found the next pope, then there is a, a white smoke coming out of the building signaling, all right, we did it. We're coming back out there. And so that's what I like. And so I had this big challenge. It was one of the automotive companies that are well-known, and they had one go-to-market challenge, which was really, really big challenge. And we, we, it took us five days before we, get, we got out of there. And this was a moment of falling in love. Hmm. And, so, and then it's easy, right? When, when, when you feel, okay, this is right, this is where I belong, this is my superpower, this is my thing, then it's easy just to stay in that lane and to continue to to continue in that fashion to say yes more to this kind of things. Mm. And that's what I did. And th that led to a 21-year-old uh, love affair with consulting, with wow. go-to-market. What, what, what industry did you start off in? It, when I started, it was all industries, all countries, because mm -hmm. it was volume. So I did everything. I did market and US market entry strategy for big pharma. I did how to win over the competition for big automotive. I did regional development in Southeast Asia. I did everything at the beginning hmm. to, to find out what's my place. And then after probably four years, hmm. I found my place. My place is B2B. Mm -hmm especially professional services and consultancies agencies that kind of that kind of work b2b where you just need a few white glove clients per year and the relationship matters and you go into risk they go into risk and you are real business partners it's not just a transaction you buy a shoe from me i send you a shoe mm -hmm. It's going deep into that relationship. How much risk do you take on? How much risk do I take on? Are we really business partners? Do, do we really care about each other's success? And uh, how deep can we go? And how big of a challenge um, do we take mm. together? Wow. Um, That's the B2B conversation. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you found you know, your place through process of elimination, through failures, through falling in love with something and through pursuing a big challenge that was really more, for you, it was more engaging than having a series of little challenges. Can you um, share with us what failures you experienced? Oof, I experienced like, five failures a day up to today. Um, like... I buy the wrong software. Which CRM should we buy? Let's buy this one. And then two weeks later, I realized, no, that other one would be better. <laughs> that happened last week. So I have failures all the time. All the time. I hire the wrong people. And then I hire the right people, but they leave after two months. And then I realized, oops, I didn't build the SOP, the onboarding system the right way. Because mm. it was too boring to build that whole system. And now... Here, I got the price to pay. People will leave. If you don't build the right onboarding system, people, good people will leave. And so um, hiring the wrong people, hiring the right people, but losing them, 
um, setting everything on one supplier, but then that country supply chain breaks. That happened last week. So I have failures all the time, every day, five times failures. And I think there are two types of failures, right? There are failures you can work with, mm -hmm. small failures. And then there are big failures. Like you commit to something for two years and big budget. Like CNN Plus is a big failure. This is something that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't waste 300 million in something that is alive for one week. That mm -hmm. was CNN Plus, which is gone. And now it's back to CNN. That's just stupid. <laughs> this is not how you do business. I'm not talking about that, right? Because you can test things. And that's actually in the strategy sprints method. It's baked in how you test things. And by testing, per definition, you do many things that invalidate, that are not right. And you want to do many small experiments, many small failures. You want to increase the number of failures per learning unit, let's say it's an hour or a day, you want to increase actually the number of failures per learning unit because you want to increase the speed of learning. Mm -hmm. And how do you increase the speed of learning? By exploring more territory. Let's say there is an island that we want to we wanna conquer and there is a big ship that's our competitor and we are a small boat. How can we win? By just being faster... In, in going around that island and looking at everything. Oh, there are the, here are the trees, here is the water, here is nothing, here are the rocks. So by the time the big ship comes, we know much more. This is how you win. This is competitive advantage in the year 2022. Hmm. It was very different in the 80s and in the 90s. I was teaching strate strategic advantage and um, strategic analysis in the 90s. In, in the executive MBAs, and we would teach something very different, traditional stuff. But today, that's not helpful. Today, the only thing that you want to maximize is your rate of learning. How fast can you learn? Mm. How mm. fast can you find out what's really behind the bush? Because mm. nobody knows. Nobody knows. I love that. I really love that. It's about speed more than speed to know what's wrong and then to eliminate that. And try to find what's right as opposed to immediate accuracy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my journey went from big projects, like, okay, for two years we do this big thing and it's a million dollar budget, to no, no, no. What's the smallest we can do today to find out if it works? Mm. And so I don't start big projects with a million dollar right now, I start them with a hundred bucks in three hours. And that's what we call experimentation. And there is a discipline, there is an art of experimentation that I describe in the book, how you really run experiments at scale, mm -hmm. parallel, multiple parallel experiments. But for example, you can test something with, with a quick Google ad or with a prototype, something that is not yet the product, but you can test how people react. The eyebrow test, if the eyebrows go up and they're mm -hmm. excited, or if the eyebrows goes down and you go, okay, they don't want it. You can test that in one hour with 100 bucks mm. instead of later on. And so the whole method that I have created for myself was how can I do this exploration in a way that is de-risked? I want a ton of failures, but I want them low risk. Mm -hmm. 
I lose a hundred bucks. That's fine. I'm okay with losing many times a hundred bucks if it leads me to just a few weeks until we find what's working. Mm -hmm. And then when it works, now we double down. Now we put in more budget, mm -hmm. more time, more attention, more people, more money. Fantastic. But only after knowing that it works. Mm -hmm. So from your experience, what are like the common mistakes that business owners make when it comes to strategy? One big mistake is thinking that strategy happens once a year or every six months in your strategy retreat. <laughs> eh, big, big mistake. That's not strategy. That's blah, blah, blah. So basically, you don't have a strategy process if that's the strategy process. What's a better strategy process? I have a daily habit, weekly habit, and monthly habit. And that's actually my strategizing. Mm. So that's the strategy sprints method. Daily habit, how am I allocating my time? I write it down. What will I delegate or automate tomorrow? Mm. Everybody does that. I do it as the CEO. Every employee does it. Every assistant does it. Everybody in our team does it. Weekly habit, one dashboard with three KPIs. The main marketing number, the main sales number, the main operations number on one dashboard. The whole team has it always updated. Every seven days, the whole team looks at it and we, we learn from it. We decide what's the next focus for the next week because every week is one sprint. Seven days is one sprint for us. And every week has one focus. What's the one thing that we're going to repair or solve or create this week? One thing. And then every seven days we measure if it works. So we can have three, four failures, but then we have to find something because in seven days we, we need results. So that was probably the biggest shift for me. I stopped accepting projects. I retired from all people and all projects that don't have weekly simple progress tracking. Mm. There are many people who love big meetings with blah, blah, blah. Fine, but you will not get a project with Simon. And there are a lot of people who, who like to get 170 KPIs every month. Fine, but you will not get me on that project. Mm. Simon projects, seven days, three KPIs. And only people who love that on the team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it. And that's a winning team. Whatever you throw at this team, they will win. Mm -hmm. You can throw pandemics. You can throw broken supply chains. This team will win. Whatever, whatever happens against any competition, this team will win. Even if we don't know what will happen, I can tell you this team will crush it. Mm -hmm. and, and I can explain why. Because there is flow, flow possibility baked into that. Mm. So if you think of flow states, peak states in athletes or flow states in creators, that's what this team has. They have one goal every seven days. They have immediate feedback because of the real-time dashboard. And everybody knows who is doing what. Can you give an example? Yeah. So right now, around... 17 teams are sprinting. In their sprint, sprint coach comes every week and they, and they say, okay, let's go through the dashboard. They look at their marketing numbers, sales numbers, ops numbers. Marketing number. All right. 
how many people were on our website today? Uh, 17,131. All right, what's the target? Um, 1,700, uh, uh, let's say it's the same number. Yeah, can you share an example? Sure. So this week, around 17 teams are in a strategy sprint. So it's 12 weeks, and the goal is to double their revenue. Sprint coach shows up every seven days, and they start with the team dashboard. So let's look at this week's marketing numbers, sales numbers, ops numbers. Marketing numbers. How many people were on our website this week? 2,100. All right. Is that on target, below target, above target? It's exactly on target. Fine. Do we need to do anything? No. What's the bottleneck in marketing? Uh, oh, repairing the button. Um, all right. What do we need to repair on the button? The contrast is not high enough and we need a better, better call to action. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, who's doing it? I'm doing it. Okay. Next. Sales numbers. What's the sales numbers? How many discovery calls did we have this week? Uh, 51. How many did we close? 25. All right. Is that a higher percentage or a lower percentage than last week? It's slightly higher. All right. What do we learn from it? The sales script is better. Do we need to do anything? No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Operations numbers. How many pissed off clients did we have this week? Two. Uh, how long did it take us to react collect their feedback and create a wow out of it because we implemented the feedback. 18 hours with one and four hours with the other. All right, who was the four hours? It was Tom. Tom, congrats. What do we learn from it? Tom rocks. Okay, what else? Um, we need a process to have more four hours than 18 hours. All right, who, who repairs that process until next week? Me. All right. Thank you, people. <laughs> congrats. Keep rolling. <laughs> so that's a a sprint dashboard review, you have reviewed the whole business. Because what is a business? It's marketing, getting people excited, right? It's sales, going into intense work together with them. Closing means really starting an intense collaboration. Mm. And, and operations, delivering on what you promised in sales. Mm -hmm. And retaining them and creating super fans out of, out, out of clients who will cool. become your marketeers. That's business. And it took one a one-hour meeting to go over that, to learn from it, and to select who's doing what next week. In your experience, what are the obstacles that come in the way when you when your clients, when businesses try to implement the strategy sprints method? So with a sprint coach, there are no obstacles. It's easy, right? They say they say, all right, which numbers should we pick? They they decide the numbers and they roll with it. But okay, right so now, many people listening... that they can work with. Yeah, so if you have a sprint coach, that's easy because they help you select the KPIs, they help you tag on the website how to, how to get those numbers, etc. But right now, many people are listening, hey, I don't have a sprint coach. Mm -hmm. To me, this sounds really, really far away from my reality. Like, I get my numbers from Salesforce every month. I don't know every seven days what's going on. So that's mm -hmm. the main problem. I don't know every seven days what's going on. And the second problem is, okay, maybe I get numbers every seven days, but there are so many. I could never have a one-hour meeting because we get 17 KPIs. Mm -hmm. So the two things really to do are reduce the, the, the amount of numbers that you track and re reduce the timing. Make it every seven days 
three numbers, max nine numbers. Mm. Then you will get into flow mm. and create mm. a small dashboard. And you can use our dashboards. Our tools are on our website, strategiesprints.com. You can download the tools there and you get done faster. Tell us more about flow because you've mentioned flow now a couple of times. What does that, you know, we, we hear about, like you said, peak performance for athletes or flow for creatives. What does yeah. flow look like for business owners? Like what are the symptoms? How do we know we're there? How do we know we're not there? So what's the opposite of flow, right? Flow is an athlete who in that moment, they have a clear goal, they're going for it and they do it. That's flow. What's the opposite of flow? boring i have no reason to go all in because this is boring this is just boring what is this thing this meeting is boring this task is boring there is no meaning in it come on i want to go home and play with my kids and play tennis with my buddies this is boring this is just boring so that's one thing is if, if you imagine flow is in the middle it's the perfect zone there are two other zones around it one is the boring zone I go to work. And then on the other side is overwhelming zone. Oh my God, this is too exciting. Mm. Oh my God, Bitcoin is going down minus 60%. I panic. I panic. Should I sell? Oh, that's overwhelmed. And so, and in the middle, you have flow. You want to have it really in the middle. Not too much of a comfort that's boring, not too much of a panic that's overwhelmed. You want to be exactly in the middle. And all of us, every day, we, we steer that. Right? And we try to stay in the zone. Athletes say being in the zone more than in those other two zones. Mm. That's really flow in a simple way. And then there is a whole science behind it. What you do in terms of KPIs, of performance measurement, of how do you develop processes that give you feedback. One very important thing is to get quick feedback. Imagine you do something like Angry Birds. You shoot the bird. It says 500 points immediately. You shoot the bird again, 800 points. What do you want to go next? You want to shoot again. That's human nature. Now you want to go for 1,000 points. That's how we are wired. The opposite, you do something and you don't know if it worked. Let's say you, you, have, you, have, implement, you have improved a landing page, but you don't know the conversion rate. <laughs> Mm. how the hell do you know if you are done with the landing page mm -hmm. if you don't know how many people clicked it how many went to the cart how many abandoned the cart how many bought the loop is open the loop is not closed yet and so whenever the loop is open people don't feel their impact and mm. you feel like a, a stupid cock in a machine do, during robot work nobody likes that nobody mm. Mm. you are bored to death and, um, and you feel that way. And so that's why people say, oh, on Monday I have to go to work, etc. That's this kind of zone. Now, if you link that to an outcome, that's why we have the sprint dashboard every week. If you link that to an outcome and you say, all right, when do I know if the landing page is done? Mm -hmm. I know when it has that click rate, that conversion rate, because it's right now it's 27%. So you know if it's done, if it's above 27%. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. I think I can do this until Thursday. Yeah. Crush it and then take Friday off. If you can do that, you have done your task for the week. Mm. If you can do that on Wednesday, go on holiday from Wednesday. You deserve it. You crushed it. That's the difference, right? You, you, you are outcome oriented 
and you get immediate feedback if, if you're done or not, if you have impact or not. The opposite is you just do stuff and hope that weeks later, months later, somebody will tell you if it's working or not. But that's very, very frustrating. It's, it, that's not how we are wired. Mm. Um, speak more on that. I was going to go in a different direction, but I want to know more about how are we wired? What motivates us? What circumstances do we flourish? Yeah. So think of what are the most boring people ever. It's office people just doing stuff and they don't, they don't know if it's working. And then think of the most excited, the same people, they are super excited when they go home and then they start playing something on their PlayStation against others and they go, woo, 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 give me three Red Bull. And they are hyped up and they love them. They shine. Their, their face is on fire, right? They are happy. What's the difference? The difference is in that game, they have one clear quest, the boss fight or save the princess from the dragon. Some very simple story that you can imagine. You have it in front of you visually. That's the quest. Mm. And then you have team roles that are very clear. There is the guy who has to shoot at somebody. There is the guy who has to heal somebody, etc. Very clear roles. And that's it. You don't need more than that. A clear quest and very direct feedback loops. Hey, where's the boss? Are, are we finding the boss? Are we going towards the boss? Are we going in the right direction or the wrong direction? That's mm. why you usually have these maps. They show you where you're going and where the boss is and where you are. Mm. Three simple things. So what's the purpose of this? What's the quest? One big quest. Remember, remember at the beginning, we were talking about having one big challenge instead of multiple small ones. That. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. Mm-hmm. One big challenge, people are motivated. At least like, performers, a-, a players. Like, give an example of what's a big challenge in a business context. One big challenge is let's double our sales in the next 90 days. Ooh. That's what we do every day. Every day. That's the Strategy Sprints program. Double revenue in 90 days. And your reaction says it. Woo, all right, there is energy there. Another challenge can be, I don't know, let me, let me, let me lose five pounds in the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. That's something motivating. For example, I have just um, entered myself for a half marathon in September. So I will run a half marathon after COVID. I want to get back on track. That's motivating. It's one big thing. One half marathon in an appropriate time. I can train for that. It's a stretch, but I will do it. And I will be back on track. Mm. So COVID, you lose. All right? I'm back. That's one thing, one big goal. Instead of saying, okay, every day I will run 10 kilometers. One half marathon, right? I can see myself running it, finishing it, being proud and say, hey, COVID, you didn't win, I win. (laughs) So that's motivating because it's one thing. And I can train towards that. And it motivates me. Amazing. Same thing with teams. Give them one big big goal, right? Mm -hmm. One thing every week that we have to improve either the sales conversion or the marketing conversion or how happy our clients are, the operations, the delivery. One thing, and we are going to improve that by 1% this week. Incredible. So you spoke about the importance of having a quest. Um, yeah. Because you, you were talking about this. Um, you're trying to f- create, I guess, a not dynamic, but like a, 
an environment that's vibrant, I guess, for the different stakeholders. And it's important to have a quest. You also spoke about um, another obstacle to flow is that things can get quite overwhelming. So how do we simplify? Yeah, it's really key to simplify. And it's really key to have everybody uh, use their superpowers because everybody in your team has superpowers. Don't underestimate your people. They have superpowers. And when the weekend comes, you will see them, right? Just during the week, maybe not, (laughs) but they have superpowers. And so what's the context that we can build so that they, they, they bring these superpowers onto the table? So one thing is the, the big goal. Instead of giving them many small tasks, give them one big goal. Hey, you, you are doing marketing. All right. The goal of marketing is to get more people excited about hopping on a call with us. Mm. And then you give them one number. And that one number should go up every week by 1%. Mm. One number. That's exciting. All right. What's your number of this week? 17. Cool. What was your number of last week? 16. Congrats. Well done. What's your goal for next week? Mm, maybe 18 and a half. All right. That's, that's a good people management. You ask them, what's your number for next week? And they are motivated to have a better number every week. That's how we, we all are wired. It, it's human nature. And they can do it. Some people go now, oh, no, I cannot be that way with my colleagues, with my employees. No, that's too numeric. It's too hard, right? It's too competitive. It's not... It's not. That's how we are wired. Look at your children. What do they do? Yeah, they compete all the time. <laughs> yeah, they, they do, do stuff. They, they they play. They 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 compete. That's how we are wired. We we explore stuff, and we are so proud when we get something done. Look, look what I what I did. I I did. I drove. I drove a house. The first house drawing that I did. Ah, oh yeah, bravo. That's my kids, for example. So whatever, and, or they, they go into the woods and they come back. Look, I found the frog. They're so proud when they find the frog. <laughs> and then and if, 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 you have, if they have siblings, you will see immediate competition. Oh, what can I find? I, I find a bigger frog. <laughs> <laughs> it's playful. It's, it's how we are wired. And so I would use this and invite to write down, to define the numbers that we, will tell us, are we moving in the right direction at the right pace? And then writing them down and getting them 1% up every week and mm-hmm. giving everybody responsibilities about it. Okay, who, who increases the marketing number next week? Who increases the sales numbers? Who improves operations? Mm. Incredible. Um, can you walk us through like a story of a client you worked with and implemented the strategy sprints methodology with and the results that sure that gave. Sunny Sunny Abdul Jabbar in Los Angeles starts the sprint. He coaches tech teams. Uh, they are building great stuff, great products, and he helps them with everything how they build it. So problem is that his profitability is low because he's doing so many things. Right? He's doing great work. He gets more clients. But his team is overwhelmed and the profitability is low because they're doing too many different things. Mm. And marketing is not working because they are talking about different things. So uh, volatile sales, obviously, uh, mostly too much and then not enough. 
um, not reliable and steady revenue. Mm. So what we did within what's simplifying, all right, let's break it down. What's the marketing activities that work? What are the sales activities that work? What are the operations that work? Let's map it out and improve one section every week. And so for 12 weeks, we improved one section. And the key point was this simplification. We asked him, okay, of all the clients that you have right now, which one is your ideal client? He picked one out of the many dozens of projects that he was running. And then we said, what if you, if all your marketing is just for them, you have them in front of when you write the newsletter, when you write a social media post, you just write to them. They are now your ideal client. Mm -hmm. You imagine them in front of you and you write to them like you would write to a friend. So he picked one topic. He said, all right, the blockchain team. And now on LinkedIn, he's crushing it. You can go and see it. Uh, Sunny Abdul-Jabbar, CEO of Vestec. Mm. And Vestec in California is crushing it. On LinkedIn, every day he's writing something about blockchain. Mm. Hey, this is, the, this is the news in blockchain this week. So he's very referable. Everybody knows what they stand for. And they will say, yeah, go to Sunny. Oh, you are a blockchain team? Yeah, go to Sunny. He's getting a ton of engagement and great comments on LinkedIn because it's consistency. It's every day the same topic, blockchain. And that was just by simplifying the marketing system. Mm. And now he has much higher engagement, much higher results. And he wrote us, uh, if he wrote us, hey, people, my sales went through the roof here. Mm. Uh, he wrote us in okay. that through the sprint work, my sales went through the roof. Incredible. Incredible. Um, so can you share more about how folks can work with you, learn more about your work, etc.? Yeah. So the easiest way is buy the book, Strategy Sprints on Amazon right now and start implementing and see how far you come on your own. At some point, you might say, all right, I like this, but I want to have a high intensity 90 days sprint coach. I want to I wanna crush it. I want to double my revenue in 90 days. I'm ready for this. I like this energy. I like the numerical approach and the small sprints. Uh, so then you just hop on strategysprints.com and you click talk to the team. And then we will, we will hop on a call and we will see where you are. If we can double your revenue, if, if a sprint if is a good thing for you, and what is it in additional sales that we can get um, from sprinting with you in 90 days. And then you decide and you might be a good candidate for a sprint. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Simon. It's been great to have you on. Thank you, Nike. This It's great that you're doing this. Thank you for doing this. I really enjoyed that conversation. And what my hugest takeaway is, is Simon's, really his discovery of his place in the world and discovery of his superpower through doing many things to know what sticks. And I do wonder whether... Um, I find that for a lot of us, and I'll just speak for myself particularly, um, I can be quite impatient and just want to jump into the deep end and just, I guess, um, satisfy the side of me that is wants to see momentum and wants to see movement and wants to see action and wants to see progress. Sometimes I have to stop and ask myself to what end, what is the, what is the goal, what is the mission, what is the vision? Um, and why so urgent? And I find that um, 
I I was working a few years ago, I was working on a philanthropy project and I just wanted to get it started. I just wanted to launch it. I just wanted to get into the deep end. And I was consulting uh, an advisor and who really got me to think with a lot more rigor and got me to really break down the constituent parts of the project, got me to think through what is the hypothesis, what is the impact I'm trying to drive, how is the action that I'm proposing linked to that hypothesis and the impact, and oh, whoa, that was the first time where I was like, you know what, you really have to slow down to speed up. You really have to take time and carve out space to really take a step back reflect what is all this for before just jumping into doing. I think there is wisdom and that there is an opportunity that life throws at us through many doings. We do learn from our actions and our failures and what have you, but I also think there's a place for just considered, deliberate, thoughtful planning. Um, and for a lot of us in our careers and our businesses, I think we can benefit from that. So Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. If this resonated with you, I'd love for you to leave a review on Spotify or on Google Play or on iTunes. It really helps boost the algorithms and we get to spread the word to other listeners that this would be a blessing too. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Take good care and God bless you.